You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce Johnson. I'm my good host, Smitty. Just Smitty. Um, this is take three. We've been having some uh some internet issues, but uh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna work through that here. Um apologize for the lack of podcasts recently. Just life is busy as you know it is, but uh, you know the grino stop, the the playoffs are starting in a week from now, and uh the NHL tonight had the the marquee game here. They had Philadelphia versus <laughs> Chicago. And uh, Chicago beat them three to one. Um, I had the game on more just as background noise. And uh, for the third time, I'm going to ask you, what did you think about the Flyers game? I'm ass- or the Flyers Blackhawks game because I'm assuming you probably paid a bit more attention to it than I did. Yes, I got I got a good bit of the game. I got out of class at seven thirty, so I missed a little bit of the first period. But I watched the rest of it really pretty well. I would say. Uh, I. They- they played a good, good game. It it really just comes down to they just couldn't capitalize on their chances on the power play. That game could have oh, easily been a lot higher than it was anticipated. But, you know, Sandstrom, to his credit, he stood on his head for a lot of that game. Lincoln had made some big saves too. But, I mean, the Flyers in the third were just taking dumb penalties. Like, they, they, they were down 3-1 and, or 2-1, and they just kept – given the Hawks power play opportunities and kept giving finally a worthy opponent, a team that's worse than the Blackhawks. Yes. Always fun when you have to play the Flyers third string goalie to get a win. But, um, I mean, they played fine. I mean, Taves had a good first period. Like that's, that's a period from a guy who either wants to stay here or a guy who wants to get traded. I'm going with the latter. Um, I think he realizes that if he wants to get out of here and go win somewhere, you're probably going to have to put those point totals up, which he has in the second half of the season, to be fair. I think he's on like a 60-point pace in the second half of the season. Or what was it, like the first 25 games he went with on a goal? I think the stats would look a lot better. Like he he might Mm -hmm. be pushing like 20 goals and yeah, like 25. That would look a lot more better for him. Oh, I I agree 100%. And like you got to take into account he had the year off and he was getting his legs back and stuff. So like second half of the season, he's looked – like himself more, but, um, you know, that was a game that kind of stuck out to me as like, you know, like he's 
he's showing signs. Like it was a good pass from Lafferty to Taves out of the box for his goal. I remember I was I was in class when that goal happened, ironically, and I looked over on my other monitor and I just see Taves and I'm like that's a goal and then Taves, I didn't even before the goal even went in and Taves just goes five hole on Sandstrom as a vintage Taves um that was cool to see Lankinen I think had a very strong game that uh, might have been his in, first game of the year to his last couple games yeah mm-hmm. yeah he needed that one too as a starter um besides that though like everything else is pretty solid uh, I thought Alex Lassick was very noticeable tonight in terms of just like yeah. he and Regula you can notice have been getting more and more comfortable every game and I feel like this game especially uh Vlasic was his awareness was a really on point um yeah he may have had a couple turnovers here or there the young guys are gonna do that but he had the ability to recover which I really noticed and um he wasn't doing that eight or nine games ago. So that's really good to see. It's nice seeing the kids take some small steps. But um And they got yeah. their first NHL goals, which is really when a team was this bad and nothing to look forward to for the rest of it, that's really all you can hope for is just to see stuff like that. Regula scored his first goal against Calgary. Vlasic scored his first goal against Arizona, just the most weird goals they could have possibly scored. But you know what? Good for them. They're getting nice time. They're looking decent. And I imagine, oh, there's my cat. Um <laughs> she wants to she wants to chime in on the the Rockford Ice Hogs, which is what I wanted to get to. But oh yeah, there's a good chance they might be get set down back down to Rockford and play in the playoffs and actually get meaningful games. So um I mean again, nice win for the Blackhawks, but this is their their second last. That was their second last game at home. I'm so glad the season is almost over for the Blackhawks because that season. This is probably the worst season that they've had, like probably in my lifetime. Because at least like in the seasons that, well, like I've been cheering for the Blackhawks. Like they've been like at least like a they've either been a playoff team or a cup contender. And then this past yeah. few years, it's like okay, yeah, they've sucked. But at least they had like draft picks to look forward to. There is nothing to look forward to and. Just everything that went wrong went wrong for the Blackhawks, uh, the off-ice stuff too, and just how long the season dragged on and all the COVID stuff. Like, I'm just so glad it's it's done, and I'm, I'm so excited for the playoffs. I really am. Yeah. I mean, you could tell a lot of these players have checked out. There's a couple oh, that are yeah. still going for point total reasons and whatnot and just trying to get their legs back. But, I mean, it, it, it was a lost season when they lost nine or ten straight to start the season. Like you can't dig out, you can't get out of that hole, no matter how hard. What did we say? Like right at the beginning of the season, if they do not get off to a good start, they just have a good October. That's literally all we wanted, yeah. and they did the exact opposite. Not even as good as October, they... like just like five hundred, Batman five hundred, and you'd be fine. Ugh, but yeah. no. No, and, like, I remember um, – I think Jacob said something a couple of days ago. He was just like, oh, yeah, you probably got your hope about the game. Right. I was like, dude, I lost faith in this team in, like, game nine. I don't care anymore, man. I just don't care anymore. And, like, when they win, it's whatever. When they lose, it's whatever. I just, like – it's just we're numb to it at this point. Like, the amount of stuff that's happened off ice and on the ice, it's just – I agree with you. Let's just I we need a fresh start next season, to say the least. And especially the fact that there was no first round pick to look forward to. That's another big um reason that the season was not as exciting. Because even if they were bad, you could still be like, okay, well, we're gonna get like a top seven pick. That's nice to have. we we could go yeah. get someone with that that could help towards the future. Now it's just magic beans of what we're gonna do. And it's it's tough. But um 
like you said, we got good things to look forward to, like Rockford making the playoffs, which is very exciting. And Lucas Reichel breaking, breaking Vinny Henestrosa's uh, rookie AHL point record, I'm pretty sure. He has, like, 53 points. Rockford, sure yeah, he's, at, he's got 53 yeah, points. Cool. I think Henestrosa's was 52. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, it, it's it's nice to see Rockford. Like, again, it's not like they have like, – like, obviously, they got Lucas Reichel, but they don't have any, like, any of those top-end prospects out there. But it's so nice to – again – said this so many times. It's nice to see guys like Soderbrom come over from Sweden. I think he has like a 920 save percentage in the AHL. A lot of these defensemen like Isaac Phillips and uh, Ian Mitchell has had a really Ian Mitchell's had a great player. bounce back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like he could probably throw himself back into the NHL next year and play like a second power play unit like as a third pairing right hand defenseman. But yeah, um, like a lot of players, like that that Rockford team had a really rough start, but they really turned around, and a lot of those players had good second halves. Like Michael Tepley has re- finally, like, because he really struggled last year getting points, but he's like in the second half of this season, he's really taken off and showing some problems. Playing with Lucas Breichel. Yeah. <laughs> um, getting some chemistry. I'm blanking, I'm blanking on who else. Like Mike Hardman's had a great season down, like, just like a bunch of these players that maybe they don't become like top six or even middle six guys, but those are guys that can play on your team. And the biggest thing with Rockford is, is like they've had trouble developing players in Rockford. Like again, a lot of the top, like the top end picks that they had Adam Bogfist, I think he played one year in London and then he's in the NHL Kirby Dak right to the NHL. And uh, now they're taking their time with Lucas Reichel. He's playing in the AHL. He's going to get meaningful games. And, uh, Nolan out and like they drafted Nolan out and these like they're they're gonna give him time. They're, they're, these prospects are gonna get time. It's gonna take a while, they, but you know what? Small base. Del Maestro to his entry level, so he'll probably get some AHL time. I don't know if it's this year. Or probably be next year. Um, but I don't think it's next year because I think uh, he turns twenty in January. Like I think if you um want to like be in the AHL early, I think you have to be like a late birthday. So you would have to have been a late two thousand two birthday. I think it's January two thousand three. So. Yeah, I think he still has another year in the OHL, but I feel like he could really take a huge step because I've been seeing like a lot of things like like the because the OHL and WHL season just finished and like they're doing they're doing like these polls and like the best players like I think he got nominated for the Red Tilson Trophy, which is like the best player in the OHL or something like that, and then he like got voted best penalty killer and best defensive player in the, in the OHL. So, you know, like there there's promise there. You just need more high end guys, you know. Yeah, and, and the only way you can get those are through the drafts. So it'll yep. be interesting to see what they do going forward with their picks. It'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of the contracts they have on the books now. But you just that's up in the air. Won't know that till the offseason. So as of right now, like you said, it'll just be really exciting to see these kids play some meaningful games. And like you said, I really hope uh, Regula and Vlasic do get sent down. Reese Johnson's another guy who I think if he gets sent down is just a huge add to that forward. Or maybe a guy like Mackenzie Antlistle, too. I don't know if he can still get sent down. Maybe a yeah, Kershaw. Some Brett of those guys, I don't think they're going to get sent down just because I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw Brett from, be back from injury. I know he's will be, And it sounds like it was bad, so I don't know if he'll be there for the playoff run. So they, they might, I would assume they maybe send like a four down. Or a Borstrom. Kind of like like yeah, I don't there's, know. If, uh, but the only you can send Doc down. Yeah, but. there's just. No, 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 no. But, like, um, some of the guys that are on the roster right now could just get meaningful games, which is huge. And I feel like that's the big thing that matters at the end of the day with this team. And I don't know exactly what their playoff positioning is exactly. In um, I don't know. All I know is they're, is they're in the playoffs. I don't even know who they would face. 
Yeah, I don't really like. I, I don't think it matters who they face exactly. Like, I don't. I don't really keep an ear on the AHL, so I don't yeah. know who the. I I know Carolina's AHL team is always really good. The Checkers, I think, is who they are. Or I think it's that Chicago might be, now. The Wolves. Oh, they're Chicago now. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, whoever Carolina's is, is really, or whoever Charlotte the Charlotte Checkers one is, I know they're pretty good, but. I don't know. It, you know, that's the thing with the AHL, like you said, though, Pierce. Like, they change affiliates at, like, almost all the time. So, whatever. We'll see what happens. Like Chicago's um, I'm excited, for, like, what, 15, at least 15 years now. Like, probably more than that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now they – and didn't they sign, like, that long-term deal with Rockford? So, Rockford's going to be their AHL team for a very long time, which is funny because everyone's like, oh, why aren't the Wolves – but it's like, I mean, if you look – at like how many people have been on like what affiliate the Chicago Wolves have had. It's almost crazy. The turnover that roster has year after year when you think about it. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. The ice hogs are in the playoffs or you know, I don't know. Like it's going to be tough to watch games. Like I think you need a subscription for HL TV, but we'll do our best to, to keep updated with it. And hopefully maybe they go on like a deep playoff run. Like they did. I think it was 2018, which was when they last made it when they made it to the, the conference final against, uh, I think it was Texas. But yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. Colin Delia was the goalie. I was, I was gonna say, yeah, if they make a deep playoff run. It works out. I can probably go see a game in Rockford. They're only like train rider. The Victor Edsel master class where he got like seven or eight goals. <laughs> Curry Doc ask in the playoffs. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Rockford in the coming weeks, for sure. So, the Blackhawks' next game is against Vegas. I'm I would love nothing more. Jimmy, by the way, tickets for ten bucks. Oh, or, really? They were twenty bucks. They were twenty oh, bucks, but still, like twenty bucks for a game. I'll, I'll go see Jack Eichel, <laughs> dude. I am hoping, like, I think they, I think Vegas plays Dallas the night before. If they beat Dallas. <laughs> I just I ask for so little, but if the Blackhawks can beat Vegas, I don't care how it is, even if it's through overtime or shootout. If they just beat them, not give them the two points, I I would that would be so awesome. God, please just let me have it. I've we've, we've got nothing this season. It'd be so awesome just to like see the Blackhawks just kick out the Gold Knights. It's like every every everyone hates these two teams and just be like, what do I what do I choose? Like the Blackhawks or do I want the Gold Knights to win? You know, like. I know, right? And they played in Vegas very well this year in the two games that they played previously. And I throw back to four years ago when they played the Blues, I think, second or third, the last game of the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they That's won. Exactly what I was knocked thinking. the Blues out of the playoffs. Then they won the come He's scoring with like six seconds left or something. Yeah, well, we don't talk about that. All right. We don't talk about that. And then they <laughs> traded for Ryan O'Reilly and then they did all this heinous. Then they did all this crazy stuff. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Don't worry about that. Um, what you need to worry about is the fraudulent Vegas Golden Knights losing on Wednesday some way, somehow. But then they're going to lose to Dallas on Tuesday, and that game's going to be meaningless. So, you know, like – Yeah. That's why um, I'm, like, kind of hoping that would be cool if, like, Vegas won that game against Dallas, and then, like, it all – like, if Vegas makes the playoffs or not, that all rests, like, on the in the Blackhawks' hands if they beat them or not. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, that – it spiced and it up. It'd be oh, nice yeah. to have a game with some meaning on the tail end of the season because it's not going to happen against Buffalo. Buffalo is just going to be an exciting game because those two teams can't play defense, so it's going to be goals. But um, Maybe running on, yeah, Vegas will be. Vegas is always a hoot when the Hawks play them. 
it'll be interesting because like it used to be Vegas just kicked their ass, but late, ever since the bubble, the Hawks actually hold their own against them. So we'll see. We'll see. And like you said, like or like we talked about, guys have some guys in this team have stuff to play for. Guys like Kubli, guys like Taves. God, I mean, Kenny DeBrinkett are playing for point totals. So is Strom. Like, could be exciting hockey for game 81 in a meaningless season. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see them beat Vegas like San Jose did last night. Like, San Jose is in the same position. They're going nowhere. They're not making the playoffs. But when they beat – they scored with, like, less than a second left Timo Meyer, and then they beat them in a shootout. Doing well, the Brendan Perlini celebration. <laughs> so, like, have you looked at the picture of Bordalo? Like, I think the Sharks made it their header on Twitter of him getting the yeah. shot winner. Oh, my God. Just looking at all the Vegas fans' reactions, they're all just like, oh. <laughs> like, they all just have the same face. Like, oh, my God. That did not just – and, by the way, I feel so bad for Dylan Thompson. Like, oh, my gosh. That kid, like, beats him – or Lo- is it Logan Thompson? Uh, Logan it's Thompson. Logan Thompson, yeah. I'm – I'm thinking of Dylan Ferguson. I always get Dylan yeah, Ferguson yeah. and Logan Thompson mixed up for some reason. But Logan Thompson was, like, beating himself up after that goal. And I was like, oh, buddy, no, that's so tough. you're to not the reason this team yeah. is in this situation. You are – if you, if anything, have kept them afloat long enough to be to this point. He's got, like, a 920 um, save percentage, man. Like, is, this ain't his fault. And you just see him beating himself up after that goal. And it's just like, buddy, it's not your fault. It's just literally not your fault. And, like, I hope – I get it. They've lost, like, what is it, like 500 games to injury or something like that. Or too much. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they've had way too many injuries, and I get that. But, like, I feel like those guys in the locker room at the end of the season are going to take a long look at each other. One, because they don't know which one of them are just going to still be there next year. Because you know Vegas is the just going to get one like, under the cap. Two to be competitive. Robin Leonard is going to be a Chicago Blackhawk next year. You know that, right? Again. <laughs> like, you you know that, right? Like, you, you do know that. They're going to trade him with, like, three years left, and we're going to have a goalie for Col- or that stopgap for him and domestic. Not even going to lie. Well, I fucking love it because at least we respect Leonard for what he is. Yeah. Vegas, Vegas doesn't deserve his do ass, not bro. Him at all. Vegas doesn't deserve Leonard. They all fucking turned on him. They make people spend money to make jerseys that make fun of Leonard. Y'all are such losers. This is God, they don't deserve him. Like, they're gonna have to get rid of so much roster talent on that team. And I'm just so curious to see which roster talent it's gonna be. You know what I mean? Because they gotta move two contracts minimum. Because Dadnoff's yep. got two more years. It's not like he comes off the books. Smith comes off the books, so he's gone, like by process of elimination. It's just gonna be really interesting, man. I don't know. I don't know about you, but Really oh no! Yeah, Vegas. Like, if they don't make the playoffs, which is the the odds are not in their favor to make it because Dallas has the upper hand. I think they have the game in hand and the points. Like, they're they're like the odds are like they have a less than fifty percent chance of making it. I bet it's like way less than that. But it's not in their favor. Like, they're gonna have to. It's gonna suck. They're gonna have to make some harsh moves again. And like. And I saw that that tweet where uh, Tamo, like everyone around the around the league, was cheering for the Sharks. We saw on Twitter, I think it was uh, LA. It's like we're, we're we're Sharks fans for once, and same with Dallas. And like everyone was basically rooting for San Jose to beat Vegas. Like they're not popular around the league, and how they're going to navigate the season, trying to trade all these players, trying to fit all these other players, and within their cap fit cap it. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, definitely. Like, I don't know. 
I don't have their cap friendly up in front of me, but they're obviously they're gonna have to make the moves because. Yeah, I mean, we could pull it up right now. I can do that real quick. Pull that like, up, I know, I know off the top of my head because, like, like you, like we've talked about on the show a couple times. Like, they've extended a bunch of guys during the season, which yeah, I don't I think, think they it's gave White enough. Four years or something. Yeah, like that's oh, that's just not good. Like, yeah, marks up. A casualty. Yeah, Yen marks up. Waz an RFA. Cole Sars an RFA. Riley Smith's not even up. Oh, no, he's on the LTIR. Oh, <laughs> look at LTIR. There we go. Don't they have like seven players on LTIR? They have six at the moment. They have uh, Smith, Persuade, Patrick, mm-hmm. Howden, Haig, and Bischoff. And the only and Bischoff's a UFA, Smith's the UFA, and then Howden and Haig are RFAs. So you got to think Haig and Waugh aren't going to be like – they're not going to be expensive. Cheap. Yeah, they're, they're going to make at least one point five. They're going to make enough to where they're going to affect your cap situation. Let's just put it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, they just extended Brandon McNabb three more years and gave him a race. They extended Zach Whitecloud on that stupid deal for, like, God knows how long. It's literally so long that it's not even on the cap-friendly sheet. Is it six years? When does it go to? When does it go to? End of 2027, 2028. That's not a real deal. <laughs> By okay. God, that's the Jones region. He's he's signed longer than Petrangelo. Think about that. Okay, yeah, that's I think it's six years then. Because Petrangelo that's signed crazy. for seven, then last oh year was gosh. one, yeah, and got, this year's two, so yeah. After this, like, Pacioretty's got a year left. Dadinoff's got a year left. Shit, man. Yeah, they got moves to make. I wonder if Pacioretty's a guy they look at moving. One year left, mm. seven mil. They've mm. proven that they well, I mean they got Eichel and Stone potentially healthy. Like they, in March or so, you know, it can drop 30. I don't think you can trade William Carlson. That contract's too long. Ooh, um, yeah. Oh, it's something attached to it, you know. I mean, that that is true. Attached to Brennan Brisson or something. Mm, send him all away. Like I'm looking at their contracts, like It's just like you can move some of these guys, but then like I don't know, like a lot of these guys are either one going to get no value for, or two you're going to have to like like you said no value and have to put an asset to like you said, or you're just giving away a very good roster player to get under the cap. Which either way, look you look ridiculous at the end of the day. Yeah, and I just this don't. Is a, this is a mess. Of not my team's making. problem. Yeah, exactly. This is a mess of their own making. And- Thank you. This has been the past few years now where they trade all these guys because they say, oh, shiny toy, which I respect. I wish more teams would do this, but at the same time, there's got to be a, a different way where you're not trading all these. Like Nate Schmidt, they traded him for, I think, a third-round pick. I think they traded Paul Stastny for, like, a third-round pick, too, just because, like, Nate Schmidt, they saw Petrangelo, Paul Stastny, I, I think they just got rid of him because they didn't have the cap. They traded Flurry because Leonard was their guy, and now they might not even keep Leonard. Like, it's just – more of this every year, and we're going to see it in the offseason again. They're going to trade someone, and it's going to be unpopular. They're probably they not traded all their first round picks. Yeah, because they just keep they keep going for the the shiny toy, and it's going to catch up to them. And it has caught up to them this year. And they, I think they can still be a contender, but like they got so many moves to make because they have so much freaking cap tied up. And oh, they'll definitely be an interesting team to watch. I, again, like you said, I'm glad that we don't have to deal with that shit. 
Oh, yeah, but at the end of the day, there's the part of me that's like, oh, no, Vegas is going to miss the playoffs for the first time ever every other expansion team is throwing fucking tomatoes at them. Like, do you not know what this is like? Like, go look at Seattle. They don't have a 50-point scorer this year. Like, I think Vegas had three dudes with, like, 70-plus points. They had, like, Neil Perron and Carlson, I think, and maybe Marsha Show. Like, Vegas is an enigma, and I'm glad, like – the magic is wearing out. You know what? Like the clock struck midnight on Cinderella. Like they turned back to a pumpkin for a little bit and it shows. So I, I just feel bad for the players. Like for the ones that got their no move clauses, good on you. Like Alec Martinez, good on you. (laughs) Hey, so do you want to go? No, fuck you. I'm staying here. I got that no move clause for a reason. You're bad. Trade someone else. Exactly. You're bad. Go trade no, then, not, I mean, well, we know they don't even look at the no trade clauses after Dadinoff. So yeah. like they're not even gonna know which one. Oh man, Vegas is Vegas is a mess. Vegas is a mess, man. But you know what? It's the kind of like you said, it's the kind of mess that the NHL needs. You know what? More teams need to be in that kind of mess than an Arizona Coyotes mess. You know what I mean? Or Chicago Blackhawks mess, but you know. Yeah, but we don't, you know, that's... We, we, we that's, don't talk yeah. about that. We, we, I think we talk about that one enough, you know? Yeah, no. My God, he's literally being a dead horse. By the way, I wanted to bring this up about the game today. Blackhawks, so this is from Charlie Romeliotis, friend of the show. Blackhawks hold a team to under two goals for the first time since February 18th. That was the dueling shutout game for Marc-Andre Fleur and Jake Ottinger. I hate that because they lost one nothing. Like, I... If you want to sum up how oh bad God. the block, I just want to say, if you want to sum up how bad the Blackhawks season was, they lost. Mark Andre Fleury got a shutout, and they lost the game. That's it. That's like yep. all you need to say about it. But hey, at least we it's we respect our goalies. We love our goalies at Vegas. Yeah, it's a season. Let's just put it that way. All right. Um, enough about the Blackhawks. Enough about the Blackhawks. Enough about the. Vegas Gold Knights. Um, I just quickly want to touch on the World Under-18s because that's happening right now. It's happening in Germany. I'm pretty sure Julia got to see a game. I I don't know how it went, but you know what? That's that's pretty freaking cool. And uh, I saw (laughs) the U.S. US beat Canada 8-3. Like, they they dominated them. I think Bedard had two goals for Canada, and then the U.S. just, like, I think it was Isaac Howard got, like, a, a hat trick. Like, they got, like, that USNTDP team is pretty good this year. Like, it's obviously not, like, what it was in 2019, but, damn, they, there's going to be some pretty good players coming out of that that uh, that, uh, that that team. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're going to know more about the uh, U18s than me. Like, I, I barely care. I haven't been paying attention to it, but, like, some names. Like, I think Logan Cooley's there, Frank Nazar, Isaac Howard. Uh, listen to this name, Rutger McGrorty. That's a, That's a name. name. I know. That's a um, name. There's Jimmy. I think Jimmy Snuggerud is there. Cousin of Luke Snuggerud, if you remember him. I believe he's there. I remember him. Oh, my God. He was like 6'4". <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even if he him. isn't there, but like the, that's the, those are the UN, USNTB guys, and they got a they got a pretty good crop this year. Anyways, yeah. Um, I think that's Canada exciting. has uh, – uh, they have Bedard. They have, uh, they have David Goyette. Um, and they have at and they have Adam Fentilli, who's supposed to be like a, a top three pick next year in potential future. Oh, I've seen box. I've seen Adam Fantilli film that kid can play. Like hey, he's gonna get overshadowed by Bedard and Mitchkov, and it's gonna work out 
against Vader. He's going to go to some team and just thrive with no expectations. Yeah, if Chicago you know I mean? doesn't have a daughter. Because like, and Mitchkoff are going to have those expectations, but I don't think Fantilli's. Please, please, like, oh my gosh, I, I like his game a lot. Let's just put it that way. From what I've seen. Shane Wright is great, but I saw that if it'll be uh, interesting. Like I've, I've seen a lot of people say that if Shane Wright was in next year's class, he'd like be the fourth best player. That's how good those three are. Yeah, yeah. I I try to <laughs> been trying to explain that to people who like obviously if the Blackhawks get the first overall pick, you take it. But like, yeah, it's not gonna hurt to have next year's first round pick, guys. Like you gotta realize that at the end of the day. No, I really like. And- I've said so many times, just rip the bandaid off. Like it's gonna fucking sting watching Columbus pick like a sixth overall or whatever they are right now. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's the Michael. It's not Michael Scott. It's the Steve Carell scene from Forty Year Old Virgin <laughs> where they're just like waxing it. He's like, oh, Kelly Clarkson. Like you know, like that's what it is. Literally, me when I see that we give. I don't even know who they're going to pick. Magic Squaw, probably, because they're going to get something. Oh, it's going to it's gonna fucking sting. And we're going to be there <laughs> to watch it, but no. Heck yeah, brother. Let's Heck go. Yeah, brother. I can't wait. At least we'll be able to, we'll we'll be able to revel in the pain together. Am I right? Honestly, though, and then we get to watch all the other picks, which will be way more fun. Because then we can be like, ha, I picked them, because we don't have nah. <laughs> No, but uh, I, draft time's always fun. Like... It's, it's almost like playoff prediction time, where it's just like, all right, let's make our predictions, and then, you know, yeah, these last couple months are so much fun. Like, like I'm looking oh, forward to Montreal so much, and it's like, it's two months away, but it's gonna fly by. Like these playoffs are gonna fly by so quick, and it's gonna be so much fun, though. Yeah, it's like it's like oh, it's only two months away, and then you remember the Stanley Cup playoffs are happening in two months, so it's like oh yeah. And more on Connor Bedard. As fun. And... Oh, I just wanted to say oh, more on Pardon Connor me? Bedard. He had a 50-goal season in the WHL. He is not even 17 yet. He also hit 100 points. Not even 17 yet. This kid's ridiculous. And then I saw like the game against the Was U.S. And then I saw the game against the U.S. game. And he, uh, geez, I cannot talk. Like, he sniped one from, like, the basically the goal line. Like, Jonathan Taze. Except he, like, actually sniped it. Like, he put it under the bar. Like, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's going to – anyone who thinks he's not the truth, just go watch the film. Just go watch the film. Like, he is – he has, like there, – there's one thing that, like, I think sticks out with, like, really – like, the top of the top players – and, like, there's speed. Like, we've talked about this. Players have speed all the time. Like, Sam Lafferty's a prime example. Great skater. Speed with the puck. There's, like, a huge difference. Like, there's a class of players where it's, like, these guys are super fast, but how about fast with the puck? Like, I think of guys like Carl Hagelin, like, Kasperi Kapanen. Those guys are, like, super yeah. fast. Like, they might even be as fast as McDavid. Yeah, but They're if you can't, like, do anything with the puck at that speed, it's almost kind of useless in a way. Well, like... If you can handle the puck at that kind of speed, which is what makes McDavid so special, then yeah. And Bedard can, is, and which is why he's just such an intriguing prospect to watch. The way he moves with the puck is insane. His vision's insane. He's got a wicked fucking shot. Like, it is just lethal. Like, I thought right shot was good when I was watching film, like, a couple months ago. And then you start watching Bedard, and you're just like, yeah, there's levels to this shit. Oh, my God. Like, if this kid, like, actually becomes a number one centerman, it's 
Oh, he will. I'm so confident. Because, like, like, oh, he will, too. No, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But it's just like, holy shit, this kid can play anywhere. He can play center. He can play wing. Like, that skill set is going to translate immediately. Like, and he's he going to be on, gonna be on the level of Crosby and McDavid. Like, he's that good. Yep. I just hope he You'll goes see to instant a team impact. that around him. Yeah, we'll have fun going to Arizona with 3,000 fans <laughs> watching. <laughs> Literally three, probably have more people. fans in Regina than he's going to have in Arizona. It's going to be epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great. The the dirty things I would do for Connor Bedard to be in a – a Blackhawk sweater. I like I just about said Shane Wright. I'm like Shane Wright would be nice, but like Connor Bedard. So I got go from that, that's a generational card right think. there. Okay. Um. Nah, think about it. People okay. complained about. Listen, listen. Gretzky went to Mc... they went from Gretzky to McDavid. They went from Lemieux to Crosby. We get to go from Kane to Bedard. I think that's fair. I think the people will like that. That's not bad. No, no one will have any like, complaints about a yeah. superstar going to Chicago again. No. No, no. No one will complain about no. Chicago winning another draft lot. <laughs> okay. Um, not a big market winning on. the draft lottery so they get a good prospect. When have I seen this before? Anyways. I want to get on to the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like some – like – Pretty much most of it's been decided. The whole East is decided. We don't know what the matchups are going to be. But, like, all the teams in the East have clinched. All of them have 100 points more, which is ridiculous. Like, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen that. Florida has 120 points. They might actually hit 60 wins. Washington has 100 points. And then, add, like, and then the West, like, I think there's, there's still three more spots. Um, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis have clinched. Calgary and Edmonton have clinched. Uh, LA probably will clinch. I think they're at ni- they're at ninety six points right now. Um, Nashville, Dallas probably will clinch. It, really, it comes down to that that game on Tuesday. If Dallas beats Vegas, then I'm pretty sure that's it. Like that's yep. that's the West right there. Oh yeah, and uh, one thing that you kind of pointed out that I think doesn't get enough credit: Washington's really turned it around since the trade deadline. Like they have. Like, yeah, Ovechkin just got hurt, which we don't know the extent of that injury, which sucks. But um, Marcus Johansson and uh, Johan Larson were actually really slept on pickups by them. Like, I know we kind of, like, laughed it off, but, <laughs> man, I haven't watched – Marcus Johansson looks like Marcus Johansson from five years ago. Right hey, now. Johan Larson scored a hat-trick against us. Yeah, let's get some Blackhawks. Fraudulent doesn't count. Doesn't count. But, That's um, a missing up hat-trick in my book. <laughs> Yeah, but the cap like the caps are getting goaltending. Their defense looks pretty good. They're winning meaningful games against really good teams. They've been beating Pittsburghs, Toronto's, like like competing with New York, stuff like that. So it's nice to see the caps not roll over and die because for the longest time we kind of thought they were gonna pull a 2017 Rangers and just kind of sleepwalk into the playoffs. But Stevie agrees. Yeah. But um <laughs> They see. might actually put themselves in a position where they played the Rangers in the sec- in the first round, and that might be the best situation for them because they're going to have it tough against Florida. Yeah, they don't have the firepower to compete with Florida, but the Rangers, like, that's a goaltending matchup at the end of the day. Because obviously with, like, the Rangers, their trend deadline acquisitions have led to a lot more 5-on-5 five five scoring, but – 
What do you mean Dreden Hunt isn't working with Greg McKegg? What do you mean top six <laughs> Greg McKegg is not working? I could not believe it. Sorry. Boggles you literally couldn't mind. even? But, you literally um, couldn't even? I literally could not even. And, like, I don't know if you saw this, but, like, one thing that's really interesting right now with the East is I'm pretty sure Carolina's out there starting three goalies right now. That's a problem. I think I saw so, Ranta is back, but yeah, if Anderson's okay. out, I think they had to call Piotr Kochikov to play. I was going to say, Anderson and Lyon are out. I know that much. Okay, it's good to hear Ranta's back, though, because I know he was, like, I know he got banged up in the Islanders game yesterday, and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to be unfortunate. I mean, goalie that's, goalie. that's the thing you're getting with Anderson and Ranta. They're so good when they're healthy, but when they're not, you know. They got hurt. Yeah, but listen, man. If you roll in with Ronta in the playoffs, that's fine. But it's just like if you're rolling in with an AHL goalie, I don't care how good that team is in front of him. They, that's yeah, like Cody Cole is going to be a good goalie, but like Boston, they play Boston. They play Boston the first round. If those goalies aren't healthy, then it's going to be rough for them. And keep it. And like I think a rivalry or like a like a back and forth that doesn't get talked about enough is Carolina. Boston's had their number every time they've met in the playoffs. And when I say had their number, I mean fucking spanked them. Like, I think they've won eight out of nine games against them in the playoffs. Yeah, it was a sweep in the conference finals in 2019, and I think they beat them in five games in the bubble. Yeah. I think that's how yep. it went. And it just it, – it goes to show you that Boston smashes up extremely well in Carolina, and if they have injuries – if they have question marks and goaltending into this weekend – Oh man, that's going to change some predictions, at least in my opinion, because I Boston Boston at least has healthy goaltending right now, and they could rock with Olmark or Swayman right now and be fine. So, like you said, it's going to be really interesting. Teams like Boston and Washington are hitting their stride, and they're probably salivating. Like it's looking at a team like Carolina, and they have no pressure like, on like, whatsoever. Like Washington's against Florida, Boston's against Carolina, probably gonna be against Carolina. Like all the pressure is on Florida and Carolina to win because they're expected to go deep. Like those yep. Boston and Washington are older teams. It's just like oh whatever if they lose, then it's obviously gonna suck. But like it's not gonna be like national, like huge news if they lose. You know, like it's it's almost like house money in a way. Oh yeah, no, it it hundred percent is. I agree. And, and and like you said, that's going to play such a big role into a team like Florida, who hasn't won a playoff series since 1996. Like, I believe. Like, dude, my parents got married that year. That's how long it's been. Insane, insane. Like, what's the other uh, statistic I'm looking for? Uh, I mean, the New York Rangers, this whole regime of Rangers they have has little to no playoff experience. Um, you got to look at Carolina. Carolina obviously has proven themselves, but at the same time, like. Never been able to get over the hump. Like a lot of expectations on a lot of these teams. They haven't won a game past the second round. Bingo. And that's what that's what you need to show because a team like Carolina, it's kind of the same situation Colorado's in in a way. Because it's yep. like, who's gonna who's gonna step up? Who's gonna step up or who's gonna crumble under the pressure? Because we see it every year. We see it every year. There's a top team that loves to crumble under the pressure, and I'm curious who it's gonna be this year. I'm very very curious. <laughs> Um, onto the West, yeah. Like I feel like we covered most of the teams and the, like the matchups. Like we don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure Toronto and Tampa is like a good bet to be locked in, unless like Tampa just drops the ball and Boston wins all the rest of the games. So I think it's a good bet that it's Toronto, Tampa, uh, Florida, Washington, or no, uh, Carolina and Boston. Um, but 
what's interesting is that is that uh, Washington could take over Pittsburgh and play New York, or Pittsburgh can just stay there and play New York, and then Washington plays Florida. Um, yeah. On to the west. I don't know if you want to – It's still yeah. kind of up in the air, at least on the Metro side. <laughs> I know that Washington – or not Washington, that New York-Carolina game is going to be huge for deciding seating. Like, I think Carolina can clinch the or the Metro with a win tomorrow. So, it should be interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do because if they win, they got 114 points and then – that's yeah. nuts. That's higher than the Blackhawks have ever had in a franchise in their franchise history. Dude, Florida's and how many teams points. have over? Hold on, how many teams have over 112 points right now? Can you look at that real quick? Um, just three, but I can oh, count. Okay. I can tell you how many teams have over 100 points, and that's 12. That's nuts. Like, like parody my ass. I like yeah. This league is. They're showing who the good teams are, and I feel like that's good. <laughs> and there's a good chance to make a 13 because like Emerson marks of, oh, if this team only. I was just going to say that Edmonton is at 98 points with 79 games, so if they just win a game, like, they're at 100 points as well. But other than that, like, if LA wins their remaining two games, they get to 100. But, like, there's a good chance, like, if Edmonton and LA win the remaining of their games, that we'll have 14 teams that have over 100 points. Dude, imagine. Just – it's been such an interesting year in terms of just the way – like the top heaviness of the league and just the goal scoring. Scoring, and like the yeah. Yeah, like – what's crazy is the goal scoring has been so good, yet if you go look at the goaltending statistics, there are some crazy goaltending statistics this season. Like – uh, you got Markstrom shutouts. You got just starting save percentage and goals against. You got guys – I think Sorokin's got a 930 right now, which is Yeah, he's got a 926, nuts. which is good, yeah. 926, sorry, yeah. But um, 926 on like a mediocre Islanders team is amazing. Um, just a lot of good storylines. Like I think we talked about a lot, just a lot of good storylines. Hey, Stevie again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on to the west side of things, the only playoff series that we know is decided right now is Minnesota-St. Louis, which is going to be a bloodbath. I'm going to love it. Because I do not like either of those teams. Actually, that's not true. We are Minnesota Wild fans. I big Minnesota fan come this playoff. Up until the conference big, final, then it's Edmonton time. Then Edmonton has to win. And then when Edmonton <laughs> loses, we're done. I don't care. <laughs> Just give listeners no master. Yeah, it's gonna be Edmonton, Tampa, and then Tampa's gonna win again. But you know what? Um. Yeah, so Minnesota-St. Louis, uh, they both have 109 points. Minnesota does have the game in hand, so dude, Minnesota has 51 wins. That's that's crazy. Minnesota's got 100. Minnesota's more points than Cal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I'm pretty sure they have 109. And Calgary 108. Like it. Fans have been on the show for over a year now. Like we know what the potential that that team has had, but they have really really come into their own strong top 12 the defense i think we all question just like oh alex goligoski and john merrill and dmitry kulikov that's the answer yeah it is the answer apparently yeah um, they just we'll play such like a like, strong a strong team game and they've gotten great goaltending from talbot and flurry down the stretch i was like yeah and then when one of them messes up you can go to the other and they've both been stellar it's not like it's not like talbot slipped up since flurry's gotten there if anything talbot's taken a step up which yeah. makes it so much better in terms of like rotating goalies and whatnot. But um, 
in terms of the Blackhawks, we're going to need to have to lose these last two games before he gets his uh, four wins real quick. So, yeah. Well, St. Louis, <laughs> like, Minnesota's good, but St. Louis is no pushover either because you look at their top nine. The top nine's the best in the league. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like, they – and their defense – It's the best top nine hockey. I'll die on that hill. Actually, Florida's is really good. That's a lie. But in the West, it's the best for, in my opinion. Yeah. Sorry. Um, like if they get goaltending, which they have been from who's really who, so I don't know how Bennington has been, but like if like they can get like another <laughs> again, Bennington wasn't amazing when they won the cup, like he just made, had the big games when he needed to. If they can get that, like St. Louis could have another deep playoff run. You just need the goalie that makes the one save of the game you need, and like, yeah, I think St. Louis can do that. And that's that, it's funny because that's kind of how St. Louis has always built their team. If you look back on it, like. You know, they got like Ryan Miller, Jake Allen, Brian Elliott. Like they have these goalies where it's like, all right, well, if you get it done, we can start winning some games. It's kind of the same case this year in a way. Maybe, like you said, it's a tester for Huso, kind of. Like, let's see what the kids got in the playoff like, run. Nine twenty-two. Like he could, he could be that guy. And then it could be like a Washington, Chicago, like 2015, 2018 type situation where you start one of them for a little bit and you put the other one in, and it just the other goalie just lights a spark on their own to have a great rest of the playoff. Like it worked with Holpe, it worked with Crawford. So maybe it works with a guy like Bennington to where Huso starts a couple games and then, you know, they throw Bennington in for the rest of the series. I don't know. Like you said, though, it's going to be a freaking bloodbath and I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, onto the Pacific, Calgary's clinched the Pacific. Edmonton, I think, is going to take seconds because they have a game ahead on L.A., and then they have two more points. So it's probably going to be Edmonton and L.A. I don't think Vegas makes it, so I think it's going to be Calgary and Nashville, which is going to be interesting because I think Nashville could play Calgary well because you, you can never sleep on Nashville. Like they, I thought they played Carolina well last year. Can't sleep on Utah's ever. No, exactly. And uh, Colorado, Dallas, that, like, I, I know Colorado is a huge favorite. I think Dallas could give Colorado trouble. And Colorado's lost four straight. They've been slipping up lately. So if they're going in ice cold to the playoffs, I know we talked about like how much. And Dallas is going in hot. Dallas is going in hot, like you said. And if they pick up a huge win against Vegas tomorrow night, man, they're going in with a lot of momentum. Like we've talked about, they had Colorado's number in 2021. So there's already animosity there from the two teams. Very interesting round one series that could happen out west. And LA Edmonton is no joke either. Those two teams have played very well against each other all year. And let's not even get into the factor of if Vegas somehow sneaks in there. Because if Vegas gets in and they get the ability to take people off LTIR and roster their full team, watch the fuck out. Like yeah, you guys are gonna be in thing with Vegas. If they if like they could the range of possibilities that could happen, they could like be realistically picking top two if the lottery balls go the right way because they don't make the playoffs. But if they make they make the playoffs and be able to activate all those guys, even with Logan Thompson and that, no Robin Leonard, like they're they're not gonna be easy. Like, he's been good. Uh, he's not been the problem. <laughs> let's see in Vegas. Let's see if the clock hasn't struck midnight yet on Vegas, I guess, in other words. <laughs> yeah, it will when Chicago beats small ones. Like, anyways, um Hell yeah, but- brother <laughs> <laughs> But I'm, 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 so, I'm so excited for the playoffs. The season's been so long, dude. Like, we, it's been seven months pretty much. It's almost since the start of the season. Like, I'm so ready for this. We, we deserve this. It's going to be a good playoff, too. Like, these teams are 
so deep. It's, it's, so, it's so even too. Like, there's not really like a series where I look up like, yeah, this team is gonna probably gonna sweep the other team. Like, it's so it's so close. Except for Toronto, and Tampa. I think Tampa Bay's gonna close it out. But you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tampa's uh, Tampa. Tampa's actually turned it on in the last couple of games. They just dropped eight on Florida. So yeah. <laughs> um. So, this, so yeah, it's been a while since we did the last podcast. Um, I think within that time, Mike Bossy passed away, which sucks. And then Guy Lafleur passed away. I think it was last week, and it, it sucks seeing two hockey legends go. Like they're, I think they're seventy. Like I think Mike Bossy was only like sixty-five, and I think Guy Lafleur seventy. And it's still that's still too young. Like Mike Bossy, we always talk about players that we've been robbed of. Mike Bossy, we were totally robbed of because he had nine 50 goal seasons. Ovechkin just matched that as the only player to do that. And I'm pretty sure he has the best goals per game, like in NHL history. And I don't, I don't know if that will, that probably will never be touched. So it's like seeing Mike Bossy. Yeah, go you ask, I was just say, you ask anyone who watched Mike Bossy play, they'll say he's the best goal scorer of all time. Hands down. Like um, hands down. On to Gila Fleur. Like, my, I was like with my dad, and he's like, Guy Lafleur passed away. He's like, no, that's like one of my favorite players. And Montreal is the most storied franchise in NHL history. Like they've had so many players go through that like organization that have been retired, have been legends there, but none of them have like reached this god status like Guy Lafleur has. Like they had like I like from what I've seen, the only players that have kind of reached out are like Maurice Richard, and then. John Beliveau, and then now it's Guy Lafleur, and I'm pretty sure I saw a picture with all three of them in there, and it was just it was so cool to see. Um, but it, it, it sucks seeing Guy Lafleur go. Like he was part of those those Montreal Canadian teams that are arguably the best NHL teams of all time. Um, again, I'm I'm not a Montreal Canadiens fan, but just seeing Montreal. When you see Montreal and things like that, I remember like watching the Saku Koivu video when he came back from cancer, where they like, like you give him like a ten long, minute long ovation and they they were chanting Guy Lafleur's name and like they gave him like an amazing tribute and Montreal fans like we always talk about Toronto being the center of the universe, but like dude, Montreal like they like keep no one can, like celebrate like them. For better or for the worse. Like, if they're writing for it with a cup. But, yeah. <laughs> no, but rest in peace to them, like, hockey legends. It's, it sucks seeing them go. But you know what? Like, just everything I've heard, they were they were world-class gentlemen. They were great NHL players. And rest in peace to them. Fun fact that I found out, Guy Lafleur, Guy Lafleur played into, like, the late 90s. Or the early 90s, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. he was that. a Nordique. That's nuts. Um, but you ask anyone who watched those players play, they just – phenomenal like i always like as soon as i got heard the news of both of them i asked my dad obviously because he's you know been watching hockey for a long time so he, he was able to see them play in person and see him back in the day and he always glamors about Guy Lafleur and how good those 70s halves were and just the speed like those five seasons where he had 50 goals and 100 points every year just to think about that, and like they won five straight cups in that time too. I'm pretty sure those are arguably the best like NHL teams of all time. Maybe the yeah. best NHL team of all, like those late '70s Habs. Yeah, they lost like rest. It's not even rest in peace at that point. It's rest in power for those two. Like Lafleur from his legacy, but Bossy just from just being one of the most pure goal scorers this game will ever see. And the statistics back it up. The film backs it up, and it's just. Like you said, it's very unfortunate that we didn't get to see what Mike Bossy could have been at his fullest. It's kind of like a Lemieux thing. 
but um, I hope those families are doing well right now and um, rest in peace to both of them. Excellent people and excellent careers for both of them. Yes. Um, so with that, we'll get on to the Twitter questions. Um, I just want to quickly go through these because <laughs> like, I don't have to be in bed, but like, it would be nice to get some rest. Anyways, um, so this is from Jacob. I know we talked about, I know we talked and said Alex Dabrinkit never gets moved, but if he did this offseason, what would it take to get him and what's the best place to send him? Well, it would take a blue chip prospect or multiple first round picks for starters. I think that's a given. Um, the Brandon Hagel trade on like drugs, drugs, absolute drugs. Like it has to be two first round picks, unprotected, no like conditions yep. at all. And the, like your Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish have to be like good like NHL roster players, young NHL roster players, and then you need a blue chip prospect, like a high end prospect. That's what it needs to be. Just the Brandon Hagel trade like on LSD. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. Yeah, pretty much. And the big thing, like you, in the second part of that question where he asks like what team fits best, you really have to think about what his qualifying offer is in the next contract. So you have to think about per se. Like he's not gonna go to a um there's no way Alex Brink gets traded to like a Vegas, let's say. Because Vegas can't afford his extension with that nine million dollar qualifying offer. So you gotta think he's gonna go to a team that can afford him. I'm not gonna lie, Tanner brought it up a couple days ago. LA kind of would be perfect. It does, yeah. Like they need a right winger like to bring it. That's just a lethal shooter. And like, regardless of what you say, the guy's got a pot 30 regard like at minimum on any team he's on. Regardless of who he plays with. That's worth money no matter what. And I think a team that maybe isn't like looking for that last piece to push him over the top. And when I say push him over the top, I mean go from just like, oh, we're like a wild card team to, oh, we're looking to go win a Stanley Cup. And yeah. that's the move you make. And that's all Alex right. it's the guy again. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, Pearson, it, it might be LA. LA is just, and they have the cap space too, which is another reason. And they have the prospects, like they have everything that the Blackhawks need. Exactly. So that's my opinion. I don't know. I don't know if you have a team that sticks out to you, but LA. No, dude, like LA, I saw it. LA makes total sense. It really does. Like you got to look for a team that has cap space and has the prospect pool to take on to bring kit. Yep. And the Regardless of what we just said, don't trade him, but. No. Unless you just get your socks blown off you. But he's already publicly said he's willing to sign an extension. Like, today he said that publicly. And that yeah. wherever Taves and Kane goes doesn't matter for him. He won't, This this kid wants to be the captain of the Blackhawks. You keep him. I think opinion. I think he is going to be the captain. If he stays on, I think he's going to be the captain. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I, I agree. Man, Tate, I appreciate you asked the question. Like, they're so long. I don't <laughs> I, I know the question he's trying to ask. I, I, yeah. I read it, all right? So um, our buddy Tate is asking, basically, he like wants to know. question, man. Yeah, I, the, part that I, the part that I was, like, looking at in particular was he's asking, basically, if Patrick King ends up getting traded this offseason and uh, he makes it to free agency next offseason, not this offseason, but next offseason, do the Hawks look at re-signing him? And if, he, if that situation ever does come across, I don't think it just makes sense. Sense for them 
to re-sign him. If he's open to coming back, then like it doesn't hurt. But if you already kind of I don't want to say burn that bridge, but if you trade him, you're already kind of letting go. And yeah, I don't we think don't really as much as nice as it would be to have Patrick Patrick Kane, if you want to have Patrick Kane back, because I think Tate mentioned he would like it as like an Aswan Vermette situation, it would have to be when the Blackhawks are contending and Kane is literally on the tail end of his career. So that would be multiple years down the line, three to four at minimum. But the thing is, how I, often do we see the Antoine Vermette thing happen? Like that's like that's like an exception, not a rule. You know, exactly. like how often do we see that? We yeah, we always I, like bring that up as like a thing. It's like, oh, maybe if he gets traded, he comes back to them. They obviously no, that ever that ever happens. So I don't get why that's a thing. But yeah, and, and not just he, for the Blackhawks, for like for every other team. Oh yeah, it, and and it's fine. Like I, you know me, I'm in the group that I don't think we should trade Patrick Kane personally. Like there's just. It, when we get these young kids, they need to learn from a top scorer, and it just helps them learn the offensive game. Yeah, I, but that's I'm, side. And, but I also get the side to where you could get a ridiculous fucking package for him and absolutely jump. That's the only time you should train him. But like, I think Jonathan Taves is gone. I dearly do. Taves is as good as gone. There's no way he's played up just, to where he can actually get traded now. So that's a thing. Um, it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a tough, tough loss. But at the same time, it's gonna be like. This team needs a new. This team needs a clean slate. I think you've said it more than anyone. New face. Like, they need a new captain. They, they need, just need to move on. They need to completely move on from like, move the on. 2010 team, like all the old like team. Like they just gotta. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say it's the Kylo Ren meme. It's just let the past die. Like just let the yeah, past die. basically like, yeah. Like kill it if you have to, and by kill it I mean trade them. So and they already they are. Bowman made the first blow by trading Keith. So it shows that they're willing to do it. It's just, are they willing to leave? And I, Kane, I'm not sure. Taves, I think, is ready to leave. You you can just, the writing's on the wall. The body language, the interviews, they all speak for itself. And that's my opinion. Also, the second question I think Tate had was about uh, Radish and Kachuk and what we think so far. I at least from my perspective, Radish looks like a middle six guy. Um, he had really good oh, chemistry going – yeah, he, he had really good chemistry going with Doc before he got hurt, so that would have been nice to see keep going. But I feel like he's going to be a kind of forward that gets propped up by his chairman. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. And he's then a complimentary just... guy, yeah, exactly. Is, and then, like, like I think he can be like on like on a championship team. I really think he could be like a through line guy, like yeah, like a power play guy, which is good. They just need again. They just need more high end pieces pieces around him. Not that Radish is like a building piece, yeah, but I like, agree. And then, um, no, it's just he, he's a he's a player. Let's put it that way. He's a good player, and I think Kachuk's been a solid fourth liner. I think he and Reese Johnson have really good chemistry on that fourth line. You could definitely build on that. You throw Kara on that line next year. That's your fourth line. Maybe Whistle, depending on you know you have, you have four guys you can throw on that fourth line next year, and it will make sense. So I I don't I don't mind them. The I don't mind their games at all. They've kind of done what I expected. Radish maybe performed a little higher than I thought would have expected. And that's saying that's not saying a lot because I think he has like eight points in 17 games or something, but still more better than I thought he would play. So but more than Brian Hagel in the game. Yeah. I mean Hagel had a nice assist on that Nick Paul in between the legs goal last night, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> or it's two nights ago. I don't eight know. to four yeah, thumping of Florida. Thrashing. Yeah. Oh man. 
from MP. Uh, Kirby Doc predictions for next season. And man, I just want to say this, Kirby Doc. I feel so fucking bad because injuries again. Like, I, I think you and I, like you and I, and like this podcast in general, like Jimmy too. Like, we're on the side of like we're like right on the end of like Kirby Doc defenders, but like it, it really feels like there's like a, a lot of Nolan Patrick where. Big center coming out of the WHL was great there, but just hasn't been able to put it together at the NHL level. And I still think there's more hope for Doc than there is for Patrick, but uh, it's it's tough. But you know, like, I have low expectations. Like, I still think he can be a long time NHLer just because he plays such good defense. Like, at the worst, he's going to be a third liner, which it, it sucks. Like, you grasp a third overall pick, you want a guy who's going to be like a first line and first line guy but unfortunately that's just not the reality right now and like but you can still be a useful guy so i'm gonna gonna say if you can get 10 goals and like 25 or 30 assists for 35 points or 40 points then you know i'm good with that like i just want to keep a load i think he can do that so what do you think about career doc so i said i already said that i think if he can get 10 goals like 25 or 30 assists for 35 or 40 points i think that'd be a good season like Kind of temper expectations. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of in the forty point club as well. I think that's where Doc, that's that should be where we should be looking at where he should be next year. That really didn't make sense. What just came out of my mouth, but um, you can tell what the team wants to do. I think a real big tell is going to be if they keep Dylan Strom this off season. I think that's going to be a really big tell as as to where Doc's going to play in the lineup because if Strom's there, he's probably locked in with Kenny Debrinket or at least Debrinket. Um. That will be kind of the tell, in my opinion. So I, like you said, 35, 40 points. Just keep that strong defensive game. I know you're probably not on the same page as me, but I'd really like to see some improvement in the dot because it, it, if you if you're going to be a center at this level, you have to at least be above 40 percent. Like, good lord. Yeah, like um, I'm not expecting like 50 percent out of them. Yeah. Like, but like if you can get to 45, I think that's fine. Exactly. And I, like, at the end of the day, I just want improvement. I just want to see him get better. And by all means, he got better this year. It's just he didn't get – he didn't have the skyrocketing development that some of his other draft classmates have had. And that's fine. You don't have to have that same development curve. I just want to see improvement every yeah, year. Players that's all I want. Different. This guy is 21. Like, there's still a good chance this guy could get to, like, 50. I, I, I really do think he hit, like, 50, 55 points. And be a oh yeah, player, I line center. I do believe that. I think fifty points is very much in Doc's future at some point. It's just it takes time sometimes for playmakers to get that vision and sense of where their guys are going to be. Maybe it takes consistency of a line mate or two for a whole season. Because to be fair, Doc has had revolving doors. He oh, kind of got the strong treatment like this year. Like develop chemistry with anyone. Yeah, like, and it sucked too because he, I think he was really starting to develop chemistry with Taze and Hagel before the trade, and then he got hurt. Um, but it, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'd love to see him play with a guy like Reichel next year. I feel like that would help him tremendously. But um, yeah, 35, 40 points. I just want to see some improvement, just some improvement. That's all I want. And the nice thing is, he's, he's going to be on a cheap contract next year. Like, oh I, yeah, I like maybe two million. I'm, like that. Like, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be much. Like, two times two, maybe. Yeah. If I was Doc, I'd sign a one-year deal and just say, I, I'll bet on myself. You that might be mean? a good thing to do, just, like, to bet on himself. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, or 
I mean, the Hawks have proven that they'll, they'll tell you, listen, we'll give you a bridge with a decent qualifying offer if you prove you can meet the qualifying offer. They did it with Kubelik and Strom. So we'll see. We'll okay. see. What's your questions from your 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 pals? Ah, uh, yes. Then we can wrap, we can so wrap Nick it. asked a couple questions. Um, we kind of answered a couple of them already when we were talking about the playoff teams. But the first one he asked is out of the top seeds. Which do you think is most likely to get upset, and why? I'm curious to see because we kind of already talked about it, but I want to know like your official pick. Because I got mine. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same. I think Florida could be ousted in round one. Do you think it's Florida? Oh, shit. I think they could, man. I think it's Colorado. Colorado. That's the thing, man. It's so close. Like, any of these top teams can be knocked out. Remember 2019, all the top teams got knocked out. They're, like, the number one seeds. That could happen. Yeah. And it's not because Florida's bad. It's because it's so freaking close. And, like, there's so many good teams. Like, Washington, like, they're playing hot. Like, Florida is as well. Like, they're (laughs) – what are they? Like, 13, 13 in a row? But, like I, I I don't know, man. Like Florida's, it's a thing. It's like I gotta I gotta believe to see it. Washington's at least like won around before. Like they won a cup, you know. Like again, I don't fully believe in it, but like I it would not like I'll say this: it won't shock me if Florida gets or surprise me if Florida goes goes out in the first round. Oh yeah, I was gonna say big thing with Florida too is Bobrovsky. I just don't trust him. So I don't trust um, Bobrovsky either. That's a huge thing. Like they don't um, get goaltending. Like. Ugh. But yeah, Colorado, I could see too, because Dallas kind of has their, they're kind of like a, not like a, a demon, but like that's going to, that's going to be tough. Like if they beat them, it's probably going to be like six or seven games and it's going to be tough. They're either playing Dallas or Vegas, who have both knocked them out of the playoffs the last yep. two years. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about that further, you got to think that Colorado's on a little bit of a cold streak. They have goaltending that has never proven themselves in the playoffs. And yeah, Kemper's like never really played in the playoffs before. <laughs> Yeah, Kemper's never had a real shot. Franco's has never had a real shot because I'm pretty sure it was what's his face last year, Grubauer. Um, yep. Dude, I just I think there's a world where Colorado just falls under the pressure because they've just been the juggernaut all year, and the, maybe the maybe the coals have run out in the engine. I don't know. We'll see. I, I just I don't see a world where Calgary loses just because of Markstrom. I think Markstrom's going to drag him out of a round. No, I think that, Calgary does beat Nashville. No, mm-hmm. it will be close. Like, I think that could go six or seven. And then I genuinely think Florida can outscore their way out of the round one. Like, I think if – even if they play a Washington, I I think they can get around that goaltending situation, which is the amount of offensive – I think they've lost one game since they've gotten Giroux. Yeah, I think they're, like, it's, they're something ridiculous with Giroux. Like, it's nuts. And I don't I don't fully believe myself saying that, but, like, I could all – like, I, I, I expect them to win, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they lose – or if they lose, you know, like – Oh, I could see it too, hundred percent. Like, like you said, you named like four different reasons why it could happen, and on top of the fact that they haven't won a playoff series since either of us have lived on this earth. So, <laughs> um, there's that reason too. <laughs> but um, the next question Nick had was, um, I like this is my favorite question personally. Like, I love this question. What players really need to have a good postseason to protect or solidify their legacy? And I'm gonna start, and I'm gonna keep going on Colorado. Nathan McKinnon, like not just Nathan McKinnon, but that team needs to get the hell into the conference final, bare minimum. Because if they don't, what a waste of talent that is going to turn out to be in the last few years. Because, yeah, they might have locked everyone up. But, like, we talked about it. When McKinnon needs that extension, 
people are going to have to move. And if you can't win a cup, there are going to lose guys time, in the offseason. That's like Kadri, Burkowski, and that's like Burley scratching yeah. the surface. You're so right. It's just like this is your last really good track in the UFA too. Like they're going to lose some guys. Yeah, it's just a lot on the line. And I'll go into it in terms of the young guys. I mean, McDavid and Matthews have immense pressure on them right now. Like Marner, Marner's probably got the most out of anyone going into the playoffs right now. That dude does not have a playoff goal since like 2018, I think. Dude, Kirby Dock has like a playoff goal. Kirby Dock's had a playoff goal in that amount of time. Matthew Highmore has more playoff goals than Mitch Marner. Like in that span. That's insane. All I'm saying is those guys on Toronto and Edmonton, they got put on a layup to get to the second round last year. And they both squandered. Yeah, McDavid can complain about the penalties all he wants. Yeah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Tavares got hurt and the Leafs lost. I don't care. Oh, Matthews, you had one goal last year. Says the great teams win, no bullshit excuse. Exactly. McDavid, no goals in four games. Matthews, one goal in seven games last year. Step the fuck up and prove that you're you're the elite of the elite. Because I don't give a fuck what people say. Like, Pierce, I don't care. I'm going to get into this because – Say what you want about these guys, but Ovechkin and Crosby, even when they didn't fucking win, were not the reason they lost in the playoffs. They were Alex Ovechkin was always at least the only capital that gave a shit, usually. Like, I, I remember that series against Pittsburgh in 2009. You can go all the way back to when he was younger. That dude still was over a point a game every fucking time, carrying his team. If you want to be in that level of star or stardom, you need to carry your team when it matters most. And I really want to see it from guys like Matthews and McDavid. Because if we don't, it's just going to further prove that point that there's a level to this game and they haven't found that level yet. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Maybe not on the same level, but Johnny Gaudreau. Guy's got 110 points, but hasn't really shown up in the playoffs. And, like, Calgary, like, I don't know if, like, this is make or break the year for them, but, like, they got a team that could really go in a deep run. Like, he's really got to show up. And he's a U- and the big thing is it's a UFA year for him. It might be show up. Show you up. gotta yeah. show up. I mean, yeah, man, you gotta show up. It's just like he hasn't. Every playoff the Flames have been in, you can look at the who was underperformed and immediately point at Johnny Gaudreau. You can look at that in three separate occasions, and that's just something you don't want to see in a player that you potentially giving nine to ten million dollars in. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. This is such a make-or-break playoff. And honestly, Nazem Kadri's one, too, because Nazem Kadri gets suspended every yeah, single like, time. That's the first round, yeah. Like, time to prove something, bud. Can you actually, you know, be there when your team needs you? Sam Bennett's another one. Are you going to be there when Florida needs you in game five this time? Or are you going to get suspended again? We'll see, man. Like, there's so many players I can think of. Jeru's another one. Like, can Giroux do it with a good team now? Can he win a cup? Um, Like, the list goes on, man. The list goes on. Like, can Crosby and Mall can get it done one more time? Like, is that a thing that can happen? Um, you know, Vetch can, like, at least, like, lead this team, like, that Washington team on another deep run, like, at least conference finals. Like, I don't know if they can win a cup, but, you know, like, ever since they won the cup, they haven't done anything. Yeah, like, I think the entire Minnesota Wild had pressure on them. Like, not just the singular player, but just the team themselves just because of the cap situation they're going in forward. They're yeah. going to lose Kevin Fiala this offseason. It is on the ball, and that dude was a point of game this year. You have to win this year. 
there's a lot of these teams where if they don't win this year, they're never going to get a better shot at this cup again. And I feel like that's what makes this playoff so intriguing. So, so close. And it's like so close to like, I really do believe any team could be any team. Like there's no like matchup where I look up and like this, this is going to be done in the sweep. Like, you know, I'm going to try to watch as much of it as I can because it's just going to be a hoot. It's going to be so good. The nice thing and, about working all morning shifts next week again is that I'm going to be able to watch all the games. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I got I to gotta work like five days, I think, and they're all my games. So that sucks. But um, anyways, the last question I have, and this is an easy one. This is for my brother. <laughs> Big Kraken fan. He just goes, is Beneers that guy? Yes. Oh, yeah. He is very much that guy. Oh, and then I had a, and then there was a question from Hakeem too, because <laughs> I, I think yeah. this is a great one to end off. Did you see that one? <laughs> no, I think I did. Yeah. Hakeem just goes, should be canceled the Maple Leafs. Yes, move on. Yes. Anyway, I, I agree. Yeah, seriously, I just wanted to end off on that. Yes, yeah. cancel the Maple Leafs. They're fraudulent. They're losing in round one to Lightning. Bye. Anyways, wrap it up, Pierce. Let's go. Lightning in three. <laughs> Thank you very much. Lightning, and who have scored go. 16 goals in their last two games. Anyways, continue. Well, no, Eric Eric Schalgren's the answer. <laughs> but they signed um, Dryden McKay to an AHL contract. All right, that's, that's right. I did see that. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, there's going to be a lot of podcasts coming out. Um, like, the playoff. Like, when we do our next podcast, like, we're the, it's going to be the – like, we're going to know – a lot better what the the playoff standards are going to look like. And then I think by the time we do it next week, like, it's going to be the playoffs. We're going to be doing our predictions. And it's going to be a long two-month battle. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to that. And then after that, it's, it's the draft. We get to meet each other in Montreal. It's going to be so much fun. These next couple months are going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to doing these podcasts. And we even have a couple of guests potentially coming on next week. So stay, stay tuned. Any messages on that? Also... Please check out my my uh, simplifying scouting with Pierce Stevenson on Substack. Thank you very much. Subscribe. Check out his Seamus Casey article. Yes, sir. Um, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get a, a like two scouting reports a week, and once May hits and June hits, it'll be three a week. I'm just kind of trying to figure everything out, but yeah, I think I have like thirty of them planned out. Like I have it on my calendar which player I'm going to do that day, and yeah. Anyways, uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Give us a five-star rating on your preferred platform and enjoy the rest of your night.